Uh, welcome back to another episode of Laser Graves. I am your co-host, E.K. Wimmer. Hey, E.K. Wimmer. I am your other co-host, Mariah Rose. That's right. And you're listening to Laser Graves, a podcast about the 80s. If you're new, thanks for joining us. If you're returning, thanks for joining us. If you would like to check out back episodes, you can always go to lasergraves.com or anywhere you get your podcast episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, well... This week, not quite as crazy as last week. Nowhere near as crazy as last week. What do you mean? Everything's crazy. <laughs> the world is on fire right now. It's actually <laughs> just burning. Yep. Um, but we are, we're going to be talking about one that's not not a deep cut because it's like a really crazy cult one, but just because it's, it's just one of those random run-of-the-mill came out in the 80s and got overlooked for some reason. And it's fun. It is pretty fun. It's... Slow build, but once it gets going, no uh, way. Worth it. We've got demon cats, or mm-hmm. where is it a baby werewolf? I'm not even sure. No, it kind of looks like we've one. got witches. Uh huh. We've got Congolese sorcery. Uh huh. I guess for sure. Uh, models. Mm-hmm. Back growths. Zombies. Okay, and um, a really upsetting earring scene. Oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> okay, well, let's just hold our horses before we do. Okay. Uh, you got any thrift store finds? I did. I went to the thrift store once this week and ran in. I've started like a little list trying to be more organized instead of chaotic when I go into thrift stores because I, I tend to go in there with like... A really uh, intense energy, <laughs> but I'm always looking for weird stuff. And so I went in this week and I was like, here's what you actually need. <laughs> don't look for armadillos. Don't look for giant ceramic bunnies. Just, I actually saw a giant ceramic bunny and didn't buy it. Oh, it would have gone well with your giant uh, ceramic armadillo that you never bought. <sighs> but I, I went in there and I got a high-waisted, cute little hipster skirt. And a sweater. Oh, wow. You're very practical this I week. I was so practical. <sighs> Snooze fest. And they're in fall colors. Oh, wow. I know. You're ready for your Pinterest board. Dude, for <laughs> real. Also, I have an insane follower situation on Pinterest, yeah. and I do nothing. It's because you were in when it first started. Like, you're one of the, like, know. original pinterest people so you don't have to do anything because you've just been on there for so long it's weird it does crack me up it's bizarre (laughs) i wish i could monetize that i really wish you could monetize (laughs) that too boy we could retire anywho what about you what did you find uh i found jack squat Mm -mm. except i did find two things today I found a Queen Latifah cassette. I bought it as a joke. I was like, sure, yeah, 49 cents, I'll buy Queen Latifah. And then I put it on. And man, that mm. 90s jam got to me. And I'm like, maybe this wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. It was actually a, a, a pretty enjoyable cassette. She's a queen. <laughs> she is the queen. Uh, and then I also found one other cassette, the Manhunter soundtrack, which... I don't know if I've ever seen that movie. Have you? Nah. That Seems sounds, like something you would see. It sounds like something I would not see. No, it's the prequel to uh, Silence of the Lambs and Red Dragon and all that. It's really? like the origin story. Oh. It's supposed to be this masterpiece, but it is definitely not my bag. Like, I don't like cop thrillers and dramas Wait, and all that. Hold on. Why did I become the Silence of the Lambs or a dragon person? Because you were obsessed with Ralph Fiennes when you were younger and thought he was really hot. What? Okay, this has gotten out of hand. Voldemort? I, well, I could get on board with Voldemort, but I happened to see this movie with you, or without you. Yeah. It's like one of the eight movies well, I've seen You were first in you. line. You were like super jazzed oh, the day it opened. Shut your pie hole, you fool. <laughs> I saw it without you, and I, I said, Ralph Fiennes looks good in that. Because Wait, was he's this like, red, the Red Dragon? Yeah, yeah, because okay. he was like ripped. Yeah. But for some reason, that wormed its way into your little brain. <laughs> well, he, just, he looks like an old man, so I was so confused. No, now he looks like Voldemort. He does. I can't unsee that because now he in, is. in anything. Yeah, he does a really good job as that, yeah. though. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, well, anyway, uh, Manhunter. I don't know. We should probably watch that at some point. Eh. I just, I don't, I'm not interested. I would watch Silence of the Lambs again. 
We have it. I just also I'm not a huge fan of that. I it's cool, mm-hmm. whatever, but I'm I saw it once and I don't know how many times I need to see it. Oh, you've only seen it once? Maybe twice. I mean, it's <gasps> always just like I, I don't oh, it's, it's just so overacting good. to the extreme. That movie has one of the Mandela effect things. Right, uh, yeah. Everybody thinks it's Hello, Clarice, and yeah. they quote it. I don't even remember what it was, but it isn't Hello, Clarice. It's kind of like the uh, Mirror, Mirror, Snow White thing, too. That, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm actually re- remembering it correctly when I when he says in French, Bonjour, Clarice. <laughs> Ça va? Comment <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh, wait, it's Clarice. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's a fine movie, but I just am... It's one of those kind of movies I'm not in the mood to watch a lot. I'm just... Yeah. I'm just oh, it's not, specific. It's like Seven. I get that Seven is a fine movie, but it's just not... I'm just not into that kind of stuff. It's uh. it's well-written. It's well-shot. It's well-acted. There's nothing going against it. It's just not my thing. The only thing that I really took away from Seven was, what's in the box? <laughs> every Christmas, every birthday, <laughs> pull it out. Well, watch that SNL skit. You know what's in the box. Oh! <laughs> okay. So this week, we are talking about The Kiss. I don't know how many people have seen this. Here is my read on this one. I suspect this is one of those films that anybody who collects VHS out there, this is one of those tapes that's just been sitting on the shelf and everybody goes, yeah, I'll watch that at some point. Mm-hmm. And then they end up trading it or selling it and never watching yeah, it. It's worth a watch. It's one of those tapes, though. And what I've been doing is I downsize my collection really pretty dramatically. And so now I can go through each shelf and find those one or two on each shelf that I never really got mm-hmm. to before that's just been sitting there. And The Kiss was one of them. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll watch it at some point. So I put it on and then I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. And then um, I watched it the day of selecting which film we were going to do. And I threw it in there just for fun because I thought there was... You watched it that same day? Yes. I thought there was no way you were going to pick this movie out of everything. (laughs) And then you chose it. So I watched this movie twice in one day. Whoa. (laughs) Actually, it was pretty cool. I I enjoyed it. That was intense. Uh, But yeah, The Kiss, 1988. It's got this, you know, pink spine on it. This really fun cover that's like half face, half skeleton. It is definitely a solid 80s cheesy horror. Like, yeah, it's got I, there's nothing wrong with it. I don't think it's going to stand out in as in any way. But I also don't think it's a bad film. It's no it's fun. I, uh, I actually really enjoyed it. There is. I was afraid and I actually asked you before I chose it. I said, is this going to be one where there's a lot of like boring downtime uh, building like the story? Boo. Um, and you're like, no, I think it, it's got good pacing. And you were right. I, th- I thought it had good pacing, too. So it was totally enjoyable. Not too long. Yeah. Just right. The, the thing that I did like is, yes, there is a lot of build up to it. However, it's all relevant to the story for the most part. Some of it's not relevant, but we'll get to that later. However, it does. You have to introduce these characters, and it the plot is pretty stupid to begin with. So you do need what? to know why we're gonna get on board with this. It reminds me a lot of. So there's two films I would put with this if I was to do a double feature. Mm. I kind of feel like this would be a fun new segment to. Uh, what would you what would, suggest a double feature? Oh, what's it's like a wine pairing. Yeah. So the the immediate one that I went to was Blood Spell, which we haven't done yet. I keep putting it in every stack, and you keep passing it up. And oh, I'm telling pass the you. Buck. Dude, you're going to love it. It's so fun. Whatever. Kind of has that that feel. But there's another one that I found I had never seen. I just found it thrifting called Satan's Princess. And I watched that. And it's the same idea where it starts pretty slow. And it's kind of like a crime drama. Okay. And then once it takes off, it is relentless. And this one isn't quite as extreme. But it has that same feel, same kind of year, same... Mm-hmm notion of like the model is the lead but she's a mysterious woman and yeah all All models are full of depth and mystery (laughs) right at least in the 80s right (laughs) but it i think it would be a fun double feature with either satan's princess or blood spell okay guys have ever seen either one of those but yeah the kiss 1988 i picked this up who knows when i picked it up but i finally i finally got around to watching it and i suggest all of you who i know there are some of you who have it on your shelf. Just watch it. Uh, yeah. It's a pretty fun watch. It is For Canadian sure. horror. We are going back to 
to Canada. To Canada. <laughs> wow. And there is definitely some actors in here we know are from Canada. Eh? Eh, it's a lot of fun. A lot of hockey hair in this one, eh? <laughs> <laughs> the movie begins with, uh, it's like a train of animal exploitation. And we only know it takes place, this origin story, in the Congo because it tells us on the box. Like, I don't think at any point they say you're in the Congo. Yeah. It's the Belgian Congo specifically. Is it? Yeah. Yes. There's, this was kind of a, not a trope, but like a thing that they did a lot in the 80s, right? Of um, Congo and like uh, transporting wild animals from Africa that would get out of control. I just, that's a weird. Well, animals reacting to the supernatural. I think that was part of the reason, but I also think that it was to like the, the reason it took place there was because it was like, Oh, mysterious religion. You can't understand. Mm -hmm. Explain away everything. (laughs) Yeah. There's always like a talisman that comes from Africa. in these films. It's total baloney. The beginning of this movie is a young girl, her sister, the mm-hmm. young girl's named Felice. Her, she's got a sister and a dad and an aunt. The mother has died mysteriously. Mm-hmm. The, uh, Felice and the aunt are going to board a train to go to a sanatorium somewhere in the distance. Right. Because the one sister is having these issues and the other is totally fine. Yeah. So Felice gives her sister a cross necklace, which kind of comes back, it I guess. It really doesn't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And she hops on the train with her aunt. Everything's going well. Uh, they get on a train with like a Black Panther and a bunch of monkeys. But other than that, it's fine. Until the aunt's like, oh, P.S., I have this thing in my bag, Felice. Do you want to see it? <laughs> it's this like phallic snake talis- demon talisman. You know what I thought it was, hmm. honestly, until like almost the end of the movie? I thought it was a goose head. Really? I thought it was a black goose head. Why a goose of all things? I wondered the same thing. Why, okay. <laughs> why is it a goose head? But it's if you rewatch it or if you go watch it for the first time, it looks like a, a, just a blackened goose head until they close in and it's like a, a character sticking out its tongue. Yeah, some kind of ancient uh, ritualistic you know, device. And we quickly find out that the aunt who is whisking away the one sister... Felice um, is got a, a little secret where she wants to uh, puke up some kind no, of. No, she's giving her a kiss. She is giving her a kiss. However, it, it uh, involves the transfer of some ancient demon being, <laughs> and yep. that is how the film starts. The kiss is an interesting one because you know it gets. Um, kind of linked to a similar plot uh, to cat people and stuff like that. But I don't know. I think it's got its own thing going on. It's it's well filmed. It's kind of the acting is okay, apart from a couple of the, the characters in this is kind of weird. Mm. It was directed by this guy with a pretty weird name, Penn Densham. Uh, he was a writer, director. I think he still might be. He didn't do a whole lot. He only had three other films, and I think one of them was like a TV movie, so he didn't go on to do a lot. But the the one person, before we go on, because it does stand out here, is the score. It's, like, it's a pretty decent score overall. Mm-hmm. And I looked into the composer, and it's this guy, J. Peter Robinson, who who is uh, probably one of the most accomplished people attached to this film. Oh, really? I, yeah, I was shocked. Um uh, I will seriously only list off a few of the films he has done, but I'm okay. like, why is he doing this film of all things? He did The Wraith, previous episode. Okay. Did The Gate, Return of the Living Dead Part 2, Blind Fury, The Wizard, Wayne's World, Encino Man, New Nightmare. Like, Encino Man! Encino, it just goes on and on. Like He's got so many awesome credits to his name. Nice. So it's always weird to see... What uh, these random people do in their yeah, career. Yeah, it's weird that you can have such a prolific career and be totally unknown. Oh, for sure. Well, that's like the composer's uh, way of life. Yeah, it's the introvert's dream. Mm-hmm. Success without attention. You can walk down the street making money without having to sign any autographs. Oh, good gravy. <laughs> so uh, we're let's take ourselves back to this train. Uh, Auntie here gives uh, shows her duck. Kisses her niece, and the animals on the train go wild. Uh-huh. 
And then the niece steps off the train looking weirdly confident. Mm -hmm. And then let's skip ahead in future like 20 odd years. 25 years. They're pretty precise. Oh, okay. Yeah. So 25 years later, we are at a confirmation. Yeah, we meet Amy, who is kind of our lead. Well, she is our lead in this. Yes. She does a really good job, actually. I thought she was a a great actress. Yeah. Amy is played by a woman named Meredith Salinger. And she's had, like, no... I mean, she just did some Disney stuff. And she's done some voiceover. Like, she still works. But nothing major that you would really know her from. She strikes me as a working actress, for sure. But she's... I mean, she's solid in this role. She... Supposed to be younger than she is in real life. I think she's 18 when this was filmed, but she's playing like a 15 or 16 year old. Something maybe, like that. Something like that. A but young teen. I, I mean, I really honestly think uh, she's one of the biggest assets to this film is she just carries it really well. Yeah, she's she very does watchable. a good job. Yeah. Yeah, she is watchable. I'd say both of the female Leas mm-hmm. are watchable. Oh, yeah. And that's what makes like carries this whole film between the like scenes where they're doing character building you're like ah but they're so fun to look at or watch or you know listen to them talk or yeah if i was to list the the main things that kept me in this film the most would be well the story is pretty bonkers but the (laughs) um the two leads the two female leads we haven't introduced the other one yet we'll get there and then the effects are so fun (laughs) that i think that's what makes this film really worth worth watching i almost forgot to address the most important thing that happens in this movie at least for me personally i discovered a a deep phobia that i have or oh i know what you're gonna talk at the graduation or the confirmation party the cake is delivered by Mm -hmm. a cake delivery boy his name's terry yep Okay. Oh, so he's like your cliche dude. Too. Yeah. And he comes, he's got like long, long hair. He delivers a cross shaped cake and realizes his stud fell out. His like stud earring. Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to tell this to you and you're going to think, what's the big deal? Until you see it, until you think about it, and then it will ruin your life. I can't unsee it. This is weird too because it's very like no big deal the way it's shot. So, so ugh. Amy spots his stud in her cake. Yeah, that he delivered a cake, opened it up to show her. The earring falls out of his ear hole into the cake. She plucks it out, puts it in her... (laughs) I'll finish. She puts it in her mouth to suck off the frosting from the earring that was just through his scabby ear hole. And keep in mind she's never met him. And gives it... It's so gross. Okay, well, you pretend puking is probably don't stop okay (laughs) and she gives it back to him which is so disgusting and he puts it back in his ear it's like a perfect circle of so gross and disgusting and she um then decides maybe then on the spot that she has a crush on him we'll get to that later after the confirmation there's a pool party and we meet amy's religious mom she is, we will learn, the sister to uh, Felice. Right. So she's the sister who was left behind uh, while Felice took the train. She's extremely religious, gives Amy the cross necklace that she received, and then she goes out to get some Coke. Like, <laughs> not not cocaine, but like the product, the pop. I do like that she has to leave this party to like she has to get that soda. You know, well, like, the party's gonna be over. It's a Christian party. You run out of coke, party's over. That's true. <laughs> so, and she's extremely like flirty and like kind of sensual with her husband before she leaves. Yeah, it's a little like a little weird, I guess. <laughs> Okay, but it brings us to... The most important scene. This scene is pretty awesome. It's so good. like classic 80s where she's walking down the street. She's looking at guns in a window. Well, she she just got a call from her sister who wants to meet. Yep. So then she goes to the gun store. (laughs) Like, that's her first step. But she's standing there outside of a storefront, and then there's a series of events. It's very Final Destination-like. And this truck has yes. to like veer off the road to avoid something, crashes through the window and into her, pushing her into this department store, pinning her under the truck. Mm-hmm. 
we think she's going to survive, but there is a great scene. I loved it. It was so awesome. Well, it's like first her crawling away from a lit flame. Yes. And then a spear almost falls through her. Yeah. But then somebody comes up and they go to pull her out of the wreckage. And we see her leg just stays behind like her bloody stump leg Mm -hmm. as they pull her body out. It's pretty awesome. But she dies, flashed a funeral. Yeah. It's another very 80s thing, which I love is... The funeral scenes. Yeah. It got used a little in the 90s. Early 90s, like... Um, it was like the transitory Yeah, the, like, uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer, yep. Scream. There was always that one shot of, like, the teen standing around the mm-hmm. casket. Mm-hmm. But the, we get that kind of shot in this. Yes. Uh, and there's a beautiful funeral lurker, but... We it's just like a quick shot, and then we go five months later. So everybody's had <laughs> yeah. some time to heal. So it's it's been a lot of time hopping here, but now we're gonna stay firmly in in the present. And Amy asks uh, her neighbor about sex, eats a sandwich. This is where we learn that their neighbor Brenda has kind of come in. She was a friend of her mom's, mm-hmm. and now she's sort of like a. Not not a mom figure, but she gives her lots of like feedback and life advice when the dad can't quite hack it, I guess. She's a nurse. And yes. I actually really like this character. I think first Brenda, off, yeah. she's a good actress. Second, the the relationship between the young girl and her yeah. is really kind of believable in a way because the conversation, although it's not what you normally hear... Mm-hmm. I think is really funny. There's this whole scene here where she's like making her a sandwich. Brenda is making the younger girl, Amy, a sandwich. And Amy's really confiding her about like, when is it okay to have sex? And yes. I think I like a boy. And Brenda tells her this really funny story about her ex-husband. And she's being very honest. Like the dialogue's very oh, yeah. natural. But then she also talks about like their first night. And how the husband put on a glow-in-the-dark condom and she laughed at him. And yes. he always had an insecurity be- because of it. This is the kind of dialogue that I did like. And I do think for as dismissive as this movie is, as just being another like cliche yeah. 80s movie, I do think there's actually some elements to this film that are better than most cheesy horrors. Yeah. They tried to really develop a character and a backstory. So after she eats a sandwich with mm-hmm. Brenda, Amy goes... She, somewhere along the line, picks up some flowers and is with her dad at her mom's graveside. Uh-huh. So it was five months in the future. And they happen to arrive at the same time as Felice. Yes. Let's who, talk about Felice for a second. Beautiful Felice. She is standing in front of a grave. She is... She looks kind of French, but she's actually played by a Polish actress. Yeah. Oh, that's who, believable. Who is a model. Her name is Joanna. It's It's... Either Pacula or Pacula. I mm. want to go with Pacula. Yeah, because she's it, like Miss Pacula. It sounds like the the love child of Dracula and Pac-Man. <laughs> for sure. And that makes sense for this film. She actually was a model in real life. She yeah. uh, worked for Vogue a ton and stuff, which mm-hmm. is really funny because I love when models get cast in movies as models. It's kind of like when musicians always get cast as musicians and then they have to do a musical number in the film. Although Joanna actually had tried to become an actress and she was just so pretty that they're like, well, first model a bit. Yeah, that's believable. They're like, I'm glad you're interested in acting, but will you just pose for a second? Let us take photos. Yeah, Yeah. she was voted in like 1990 as one of 50, or the people's 50 most beautiful people. She's got a kind of shell vibe from Twin Peaks too. Yeah, it's the hair. And the eyes. She's got those yeah. kind of eye shape and everything. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's got that whole feel from that. Yeah, she's beautiful and mysterious and she, she kind of introduced herself. She's like, I'm sorry you've never met me uh, in 25 years. <laughs> yeah. But here I am. Here da-da, I am. Da-da. And the dad invites her over. He's like, come on over. Like, let's get to know you. And it's, of course, the dad invites her over. He's like, "Oh, you're beautiful." Why oh, you come oh over? boy! I just happen to have a spare bedroom in my bedroom. And then uh, Felice comes over, and then Amy's friend. Do you remember her name? I forgot. I didn't even write it down. I don't know. But it's she's a kind of fun Heather. Maybe I do like her. Actually, she's pretty fun. Yeah, she's like a curly blonde friend. She comes over and recognizes that Felice is on the cover of Cosmo. Oh yeah. So Felice is she's working for a company that has something to do with vitamins. <laughs> this is, okay. 
Can I ask you, like, what does this have to do with anything? Okay, so I think that the vitamin thing, because she starts feeding the family all of her vitamin mixes, I think it was maybe witchcraft potions to Uh, prepare? Maybe, because there's another whole section or, like, subplot with the dad and the vitamin company that really doesn't have anything to do with anything. It lures the dad away for a night, I thought about that, but I was like, she could have done anything. I mean, it didn't have to be that elaborate. And it really didn't lure him away at all. It was very ineffective and quite elaborate. Okay, well, we just completely blasted through, like, 40 minutes into the future for our listeners who don't know this. So, um, good luck keeping up with that, but it'll make sense in about 20 minutes. <laughs> so, Aunt Felice <laughs> wants to take Amy to the mall with her friend. Amy, I also want to note, is wearing a blue sweater with a gigantic eagle on it. It's actually pretty relevant right now. 100% would wear that sweater. Yeah, it looks pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but Amy is... She's not into Felice in the way that any normal teenager would be. She said she has like an animal instinct that Felice yeah, is Yeah, most teenage girls would be like blown away by this awesome model who's walking around. But the mall scene, can we spend a second on this before okay. we go forward? Because this <gasps> is great. In my notes, the friend is named Heather. Heather? I guessed it of course, a moment ago. I mean, ago. you could have, yeah. Oh, you had perfect. like three names from the 80s. It would be and Heather. A- Amy's already taken. It would be Cindy would be the only leftover. Maybe right? Stacy. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we got it. So yeah, Heather and Amy are at the mall. Heather does one of those cool 80s clothing swaps uh-huh. too, yeah. right on their way to the mall. She like pulls off her long skirt and has a mini skirt on. Did you ever do that? As a as a young kid, like dress a certain way for your parents, then leave school or like leave for school and... And change out your outfit. No, I dress so weird. My parents were like, keep doing what you're doing. That's going to keep us from having grandkids too young. (laughs) I tried it because I saw it on a movie once. (laughs) (laughs) And then I realized my parents were so checked out. They didn't care what I wore. I had a couple metal or horror themed shirts in elementary. Like I had this awesome Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 shirt that Mm -hmm. I loved that I wore. I mean, it would have been like second or third grade or something like that. Oh my goodness. And I think that... They made those in second grade sizes? Well, no, it would have been a little bit bigger. But yeah, I mean, I... I, you know what? I would bet you they did make kids shirts for those oh my because goodness. I don't ever remember it being too big. And you were a really I was li- a very little, little guy. Kid. Yeah. Uh, it was either that or I had this Slayer shirt that I traded. I think I traded a bicycle for that shirt. Wow. I mean, I was in elementary and this kid was what he was older and it had some cool pentagram and I was like, whoa, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I had those two shirts and I remember being nervous that I thought my parents wouldn't approve of them because I had seen that in movies. So I had this <laughs> camouflage, because camouflage was all the rage in the 80s too, uh-huh. a button-up camouflage shirt. And I put either the Slayer shirt or the Nightmare 2 shirt underneath my camouflage and I buttoned it up. And then I walked and as I was walking to the bus stop, I like ripped open my shirt and put it in my bag. And I was like, yeah, I'm wearing this. Completely forgetting, I got sent to the principal's office right away for wearing that shirt. Uh And then when I got home, uh, I realized my mom did not have an opinion at all about the shirt. So all of that was totally in my mind, that it was going to be some cool, like, 80s moment. That's pretty cool and pretty 80s. (laughs) It was. In a different kind of way than you anticipated. Yeah, really, the payoff was totally, like, (laughs) (laughs) anticlimactic. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so let's go back to the mall. Heather and Amy are there just being Heather and Amy at the mall. I mean, what more do you need? If I wrote a sentence, Heather and Amy are at the mall, you you picture it. Oh, yeah. And then they go to flirt with Terry. That's that. <laughs> yeah, Terry, because his cake shop is in the mall. Okay. And then they hop on an escalator to go, like, check out some sweet 80s fashion on the second level. But mm. Heather, oh, poor Heather, she falls victim to the escalator. She drops her lipstick and is like, I spent whatever, 10 bucks, eight, on eight that. bucks, eight bucks on that. She goes to pick it up and her dangly 80s necklace gets caught in the escalator. It's this long drawn out scene where, where 
The necklace wraps around her neck. Somehow, no, around her face. It yeah, starts it's like, like um, yeah. doing like a Hellraiser thing where it's what like cutting happening? into her face like barbed wire. But um, as she gets pulled up, it's cutting into her face. And I totally thought they were going to free her. And they don't. Mm-mm. It like mangles her face into the top. And Why you didn't just they see show like, it? I know. I'm kind of bummed out about Never. that. Never. Not even when she's in the hospital. But you do just see chunks of blood and flesh and hair and, and jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really cool scene. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Were you ever afraid of being on escalators? I got afraid that my um, like pants would get caught in it. Oh, I, de- still... I must have seen some movie where that happened. Wasn't the kiss, but it was another one of those scenes. Yeah. I'm afraid of them still. Really? Yeah, they always freak me out. It's the timing. I'm like, more not that it's gonna like eat me, but that I'm gonna like awkwardly fall. Okay, so then um, when Amy gets home from the hospital with Heather, her dad and Aunt Felice are just deciding to drop all of her mom's stuff at oh, yeah, Goodwill. That's pretty awesome. And she's not pleased. And then a little while later, Amy is becoming suspicious of her aunt and sneaks up into her room because now the aunt's staying with them somehow. Well, the dad was like, I got a great idea. You're a babe. Stay with us. (laughs) And she starts looking through her aunt's bag and sees like, oh, it's her portfolio of all the covers of the magazines. And right beneath it is a bunch of like... (laughs) Like voodoo. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. It's It's bizarre. It's like a monkey head and a chicken foot and some candles and a... It's so funny. It's It's just a bag of like voodoo ritualistic... Of like different religions that they're like, that's creepy. I'll put it in the bag. It's like literally a grab bag of different like religion. Uh Speaking of the dad, we haven't spent any time on him, but he's got this... He's got this look to him where he's kind of got this uh, five o'clock shadow mustache. Mm Mm-hmm. But he has a very Stranger Things dad look. What's the dad's name in Stranger Things? Is it Hopper or Hooper? Hop, Hopper, I think. Hooper. Hopper. Well, whatever. Oh, That man. guy. The police guy. I feel like we're going to get a four-star review just for that alone. <sighs> Guys, we like the show. I just cannot remember every character's name. We can't. Don't hold us to it. But he looks a lot like that guy. I would add a little dash of Bradley Cooper... And here's why. <laughs> okay. Well, Bradley Cooper, he's fine, whatever, but it's the smirk, the smile. Okay, Bradley Cooper is always smiling kind of smugly, like he's either just kind of gotten away with a little fart, maybe, like at the <laughs> end of an aisle at the grocery store, and he's like, hmm, and he's going to scoot around. Or like he's just kind of generally pleased with himself, like, hmm. Yeah, the dad in this, this drove me crazy. No matter what is happening, how tragic it is, he's always smiling when he delivers his lines. It is terrifying. I'm convinced this actor is a full-blown psychopath because, and I'm sorry if this is you, you can't smile that much. It's It's dangerous. It's also like one of those, you know when you get those really inexperienced actors who can't stop giggling before every line? You know that? He was just really happy yeah, about the Yeah, it's experience. like, okay, dude, we get it, but uh, can you get in character for two seconds and no. stop smiling? He's smiling all the time, to the I, point of it's distracting in this it's film. It's definitely a distraction. For sure, we both noticed it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, that night, that smiley dad, he hears something, goes downstairs, and like... There's all these windows open and things are banging and he's like, well, that's weird. And then he opens a cupboard and out jumps the craziest looking wolf cat in the world. It looks definitely like it's a return from our Warlock episode of the continuation, the universe of the cat from Uninvited. <gasps> the thread. Pull the thread and see where it leads. I'm convinced it's either this cat or the litter, like the... The legacy of this cat's family. Yeah. This cat totally is from Uninvited. Yep. Same cat. Different it's different fur. Clearly just a hand puppet. And it's hilarious. So what's crazy about this cat, because it will come back again and again. For no reason. This cat was the creation of a guy named Chris Wallace, who is actually an Oscar winning special effects artist. <laughs> like a huge deal. <laughs> He concocted kind of this, big deal. this I made, character. I made this cat. Well, he's the guy who's in charge of, like, the fly, Cronenberg's the fly. 
created the gremlins he did arachnophobia he he phoned it in he did house two he did all kinds of things he did this this is not his shining or is it his shining example of what he could do Mm -hmm. he is the guy behind the cat in this film which i feel like the cat is really underplayed in the um kind of promotion of this film I would have put this damn thing on the cover. Like, well, but there's no no explanation for this cat. We're gonna tell you up front. This cat is never explained. Does it see the same things that Felice sees? Is it Felice? Is it Felice cat? I feel like it's. I don't know. Okay, never explained. Let's move on. The next morning, as there's like a teenage moment as Amy storms off to school and Felice feels bad for the dad. She's like, you're doing a good job. Let's hump. And he's like, cool, 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 cool. Let's do that. So they do. This is a really weird scene where Amy is in school. She goes to like Catholic school or something. Yeah, yeah. Because remember, her mom was uber religious. Right. And the priest is apparently everything in this film he's He's like a a teacher teacher Mm -hmm. at the barbecue so she's in class Mm -hmm. learning about anatomy and there's this uh model with it's like a torso yeah with the the body parts like the lungs and the heart and all that and it keeps cutting back and forth this is a really great scene of this like erotic sensual scene of felice like seducing the dad like that was hard and then it flashes to Amy in class, which we can't tell. Does she feel what's going yeah, on? Yeah, that was very uncomfortable. So she's like having sort of her own sexual experience. But she's looking at this dummy and its heart starts pumping and its eyes are bleeding. And, and its lungs are breathing. But then it's not. And she gets up and runs off and we find out that she's having her period. Like a very heavy flow period. Really weird. Uh, and... They hump, and that's the scene. This was a very bizarre scene in the film. So weird. And then she goes to the hospital where Brenda works, the nurse neighbor. And really, the only thing that's important is that she's upset because Felice is making them have vitamins. And she said (laughs) in a full rage that she wanted Diet Coke and Fritos. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty, pretty classic 80s. Well, so she meets up with her boy toy, um, Terry. Terry, with the earring. Remember the earring scene? We talked about it maybe a little bit. Yeah, it's important. And he's like, well, if she's bothering you, because Amy's convinced now that Felice is behind her period and everything else. And her friend getting her face mangled. Yeah, well, yeah. So the Terry is like, well, I'm going to go uh, check her out, because... This Vogue model, this Cosmo model, I'm going to go take a look at her. Yeah, what we didn't discuss, because we're trying our hardest not to walk scene by scene, but it's impossible because there's so much nonsense. We have to walk scene by scene is we skipped over that Felice got kicked out of the house because Amy couldn't stand her. She's in a hotel. And she's in a hotel. So Terry goes to the hotel room, breaks in. Mm -hmm. And before we get to what's going to happen, let's take a moment for this week's fun fact. What is it? It involves Terry, the boy yes! toy. You I knew it. You knew called it. it. I knew. I knew you would do it. Okay. I looked him up, and as I was looking him up, I'm like, what? This is crazy. This is this week's fun fact. Until I was like, I already knew this crazy fun fact. What? You didn't recognize him. He this looked is, familiar. This is not the fun fact. However, this is going to blow your mind and kind of is the fun fact. What? It's like from a previous episode. What? He's the bad boy who throws the noodles at the mom in Zombie Nightmare. Yes, it is him. It's him. (gasps) I was like, how do I know this guy from something? It is him. Yeah, it's it's the lead boyfriend in Zombie Nightmare. Oh my God. And why I knew that is because as I was looking up his his IMDb, I'm like, how does this guy have this kind of career? How do I already know this guy's career? So he went on to do like major things. He directed like, uh, well, he did all these comedies like Just Married, Cheaper by the Dozen, The Pink Panther. Directing them? Yeah. But he also directed all the Night at the Museums, all that. What? 
And then like eight episodes of Stranger Things. Like he's a big deal. Like he's a big director and producer now. But he back in the day was this little bit part actor. Well, and I knew that because in Zombie Nightmare, I looked up his credits and I was like, why is this guy so successful? <laughs> well, that's just baloney. But anyway, there you go. It's a small world. Oh my goodness. Okay, well, he goes to the the hotel to check out uh, Felice and this is where we get our big reveal, which is from here on out, the film really, I mean, it's a turning point. It was a lot of character development, a lot of buildup. But once this reveal happens, there is... We're all in, baby. No turning back. Here we go. What do you see? What does he see when he walks in? Okay, so he breaks in to Felice's room at the hotel, and he sees what I wrote in my notes as a naked cat ritual. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say that's pretty accurate. And then his earring falls out. (laughs) Well, he's got... So Felice is, like, thriving in front of a shrine. She's painted up, but she's topless, and... She's, like, doing her voodoo. Yeah, her body's, like, undulating. She's, like, having her thing. She does a lot of eye, like, a wide eye glances. It's really great. That's because, yeah. And she's got great eyes. So, I mean, it's like I would have done that, too, as a director. Yeah, that's, like, like, her feature. Yeah, for sure. But he sees her, flips out, runs away, calls Amy, and is like, yes, you're right. She's crazy. Oh, the, oh, the cat's chasing him now, too. But I lost my stud. It's not in the cake this time. Nope. <laughs> but it's somewhere. Why this is important, and I actually kind of appreciated this, that they they planted that early in the film, was because uh, Felice mm-hmm. needs a personal item from somebody to be able to do harm to them. Yes. And she finds his stud. She doesn't put it in her mouth, grabs it, and as he's driving away in his Jeep... To try and get away, the cat, like it's followed him. Like I, runs after it. Well, I think, I'm so confused, but I love every part of I it. I think Felice is or controls the cat. The cat is clearly a hand puppet. Like they're not even trying to disguise it's it. It's black and furry, and it's got like a white silver fox streak. Yes, it uh, scratches him. Yep. <laughs> and then as he's being attacked, he's like, "I can't handle this." He gets out of his jeep. Right as a giant diesel is passing by and crushes him. He gets it's killed. so cool. Yes. Also, this is a good time to note that Aunt Felice, for no reason, has a weird that's ever-growing patch of dark skin on her back. Yes. And if you're looking for an explanation about this patch of skin, you can suck it because you'll never get one. Kind of do, actually. No, you don't. You do. It's that they only have so much time... To transfer what we'll get to in the end before their body rots. No, there is no explanation for why there's a patch of skin on her back that is brown. Yes, because do you remember at the very beginning, the aunt, she hands the uh, young girl a bottle of lotion. And Uh she says, if you don't use this, you'll be possessed by a demon. What? No, that was a lie. Okay. always get me that's humiliating what happens is that he's dead bye terry thanks for all you offered meanwhile another scene that we never discussed was there's a scene where brenda the nurse neighbor bumps into uh, felice as she's cutting vegetables or something she cuts her finger and flings blood all over her shirt right who the nurse has no problem with this whatsoever there's blood all over her shirt she's a nurse but this comes back, like everything in yep. this film, because it's a lock-solid script, is that <laughs> at this point, somebody gets the idea that she's weird, and the nurse does a blood sample using her sweater with the blood on it, and they discover that the blood is the blood of somebody who could only be a corpse. So yep. Felice is the undead. And Brenda, sh- through finding I dead love blood, this whole story. she didn't go like, huh, Weird that I got splashed with dead person blood. She was like, oh, that means Felice is dead. Yeah. 
Not like, oh, that's weird. Maybe I had blood from work on me and I thought it was Felice's blood. (laughs) She just immediately is like, supernatural, that's a zombie. She's right. She's a smart chick. She was. She put the pieces of this puzzle together. Meanwhile, the dad's like, it's like a whole thing. I don't even want to get into it. He's gone. He comes back. Who cares? Whatever. Brenda is there to protect Amy. But, (laughs) oh my gosh. Oh, Amy. but she's allergic to cats. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why? Did you forget that? Okay. Where where even are we? We are at the finale. Let's get to the finale okay. because it has been revealed that Felice is a voodoo priestess. <laughs> but with, is okay. With the supernatural powers and she wants to take over Amy's body. That is the whole point of this film, everybody. Yeah, so whatever went from the aunt into Felice now wants to go from Felice into Amy. So she's about to do it, but the dad comes home, busts her, and is like, what are you doing with my daughter? Don't. And she's like, she was sick. As there is this whole uh, like altar built around his daughter with candles and a mm-hmm. monkey head and blood and a knife and everything. And Brenda calls and is like, do whatever it takes to keep him away from Amy. And he's like... Let's go hump. Yeah, so the so so police they, and the dad just immediately go off and hump. And Amy so runs so to the believable. pool. Yeah. It is believable for the dad. Yeah, Amy goes to the pool, and the, this is where things, this amps up to the very end, where Felice is like, where is Amy? She's my vessel. <clears throat> Comes outside, and it's the final showdown in a pool, which I appreciate. I'm kind of okay with this. Yeah. There's a lot of things that happen in this pool scene, but before we get to the final, like, kill, mm-hmm. there's a really cool line uh, where Brenda holds up a gun to Felice's head mm-hmm. and is going to pull the trigger, and uh, Felice says this. You can't kill something that's already dead. Do you want a bit? And she's like, whatever, shoots her in the head. Her head goes back and then she comes back forward. Oh, yeah. It is such a cool scene. But she goes after Amy in the pool. Uh, Amy has this, like, power saw that she's been, like, a weed trimmer or a bush trimmer. Yeah, it's like a, it's like one of those. I shouldn't say bush trimmer. It's a, it's for, like, doing. Hedges. Yeah. A hedge trimmer. To, like, do uh, Edward Scissorhands sculptures. Yep. But, I mean, they don't in this, but they should. They should. It's implied. But she shoves this through her body. Through Felice's body. And then pulls that out. Yep. Meanwhile, the dad pushes a protein, propane tank into the pool. Well, it's already burning. And we get this like Jaws ending where it's like the tank's going to blow up because we failed to mention in the pool, uh, Felice she shoots pukes her- up. Her demon snake that is in her body. The one that I thought was a goose is now like kind of spermy. But, but it's like, like a giant. But it's like an eel comes out of her mouth to go into Amy's Amy. mouth. But the dad catches it yep. and struggles with this demon snake. He wrestles in a pool with it. And it's slithering. Yep. As they pull everybody out of the pool and the propane tank blows up. Underwater. The, the demon snake. Yep. And Felice. I see no problem here. <laughs> and they all embrace. Um, and that's the ending to the film. It's very over the top. I honestly was hoping at the end that Amy would look like when they all hug, that Amy would turn toward the camera with the like demon look that Felice had afterwards. That would have been great. They didn't do that. They didn't. It just ends and they overcame this insane um, encounter. Yeah. Also, there had been a final cat battle. We just have to mention that. It got electrocuted. It was pretty cool. Okay. (laughs) Why was there a cat? We don't know. Why was there a demon? We don't know. Why was it that family? Like, why did the family have to share that duck demon? This was crazy. It it came out. It did get a theatrical release. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, no, it did. Six million dollar budget. It only made back just under two million. Oh, it's kind of sad. I'm sorry. Critics were pretty middle ground with it, though. They yeah. were like, this film is really by the books. It's yeah. very forgettable. But for some reason, it's also kind of charming and fun. Yeah. 
It's because of the the actresses. I think the two leads and also Brenda, the supporting. They're all good. Yeah. The dad's the only one that really bothers me. He was the weak link and um, the earring. I I can't let go of it. Terry. Yeah. So the actresses for sure kept my interest as well as the effects are so cheesy. We didn't even talk about this entire yeah. scene with the priest getting, uh, you know, caught on Burned. fire and his hand is burning. The effect is so cheesy and fun. I, I loved every bit yeah, of it. Yeah, it was great. Don't go into this with any kind of wild expectations. This is just a really fun, yeah, classic, cheesy 80s so movie. So fun. If this is in your collection, watch it because yeah. it's worth it. I had a blast with this. I did not expect much going in. I thought this was going to actually, what I've been doing with my films is just pulling ones I haven't seen to get rid of. So I watch yeah. them. And if I'm not really into it, I'll watch it and then get rid of it. I don't need to keep it. But this one was one I was like, oh, actually, I think I'll keep this. I An unexpected gem. Like yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. So I don't know. What do you think? Laser Graves approved? Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. It was totally like solid. Yeah. Okay, good. I enjoyed it, too. I had fun with it. Yeah. It's just one of those when you just need that classic fix for yeah. like it just does what it's supposed to do. It's hilarious. It it's moves good. along. It's not too yeah, long. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So there you go. That is this week's episode of The Kiss 1988. Yes. If you liked what you heard. You can definitely help us out, support us by giving us a review or giving us five stars. Please. Uh, please, that really does help. We beg you. And tell your friends and spread the word. Um, you know, we post on Instagram if you want to share our posts and your stories or something. That really does help a lot. And thank you to all of you who do that. We see it. We appreciate it. Yep. And thanks to our fellow podcast friends. Um, they're out there. There's been some shifts. Some people have moved days. Some people have um, taken a little bit of a break. But Super Tat Film Club, Bad Taste Video, Fright Vision. Uh, there's so many Neon Reconcinimation. Yeah, Reconcinimation. There's all kinds of... Follow all of those people. Yep. Uh, it's just a great little community. So thanks to everybody who has been helping us kind of build this. Uh, on a side note, as you know, this is episode 96. We are getting Ooh. very close to episode 100. And you better bet your britches that we're going to do something fun. We have a big giveaway planned that will be tied into our 100th episode. Mm -hmm. um, take some guesses on that, but we'll see what it is. We know what it is. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe. Nah, I don't uh... know. But it is going to be a really fun one to talk about. And we are going to give away a bunch of stuff. We'll announce that probably on our 99th episode. Yeah. But get ready. Okay, well, that's it for this week. Thank you so much. If you want to follow us, we're on Instagram at Lasergraves. You can see all our back episodes or listen to all our back episodes at lasergraves.com. If you want to follow our personal sites, I'm at death at 33 RPM. I'm at Mariah Rosewear. And that's it. I hope you watched The Kiss because it was a real fun one. I hope you enjoyed hearing about it this week. And we will uh, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.